Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, discovering, defining, and refining your life purpose with Frankie Finn from sacredplantretreats.com. One of the things that's challenging about being an intellectual is you think too much all the time. And so it's sometimes you can like get caught in like a lot of self-doubt, especially when you're too smart for your own good. I don't think dumb people face this. This is Dow Tippett, author of Seven Daily Choices, where we're training Christian leaders to create, build, and sustain a thriving life with others. You're listening to Dr. Brad Miller and the Pathway to Promise podcast, where we're learning how to overcome adversity to achieve your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given, promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We are so privileged to have you join us today on this podcast where we are all about helping you to overcome any adversity in your life, to discover your pathway to a promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, a place where you can have a sense of peacefulness in your life. That's what we're here to do, to help you do that. That's my role. That's my purpose in life, to help people to, to discover this pathway to their promised life. And we also bring in great speakers to be helpful to you as well. One of those people is Frankie Finn from sacredplantretreats.com. He'll be with us in a moment to talk to us and to share his life story and about his process for discovering, defining, and refining your life purpose. We did want you to know here at Pathway of Promise, we're here to be helpful to you. We have a back catalog of, of podcast episodes at pathwayofpromise.com and some other helpful uh, things there on the website, including our gift to you, the four-minute way to create a great day that resources there for you as a free gift. Today, Frankie Finn. Frankie Finn is a leader of retreats and and of self-discovery. His, his organization, he says that they give people a process to discover real, lasting, profound change, a quantum leap forward, a purposeful existence with freedom, harmony, health, contribution, and wholeness. We have a great conversation about how he overcame a really dysfunctional family and near-death experiences and another and a number of of profound situations in his life in order to create an organization which has retreats and provides materials and, dis- and helps people to discover and define and refine their life purpose. What a rather in-depth conversation, lots of good stuff here, lots of great tips and lots of great insights to help you find your own pathway to to peace, prosperity, and purpose in your life. That's our guest today on the Pathway to Promise, Frankie Finn. Let's get into our conversation right now. We have uh, Frankie Finn with us, who's an author and a teacher and a creator and a retreat leader. And he is uh, has the website sacredplantretreats.com. 
And he is all about uh, helping people on their life journey to understand, discover what they were really put here on earth for and to discover their unique gifts and experiences and to focus, focus on their life and to have some inspiration. And uh, he's the type of person, he has a great story to tell about some of the things he has overcome in his life and some of the, the resources he's used to uh, overcome adversity and achieve some success in his life. And we welcome the Pathway to Pro- pathway to Promise, Frankie Finn. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Miller. That was an amazing introduction, by the way. And it's it's an honor for all the beautiful things you stand for to be a part of this wonderful show. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. And we'll just from here on, I'll be you be Frankie and I'll be Brad, and we'll just have a good conversation as as, uh, as friends here. It, brother. Around, man. Hey, tell me a little bit your story. I just mentioned a little bit of some kind of kind of took the the high, the uh, ten thousand foot view of your story here, but uh, tell me a little bit about your story, about where you've come from, what kind of things you've had to do with your life, and what you're doing now. Yeah, and you know, it's it's really really interesting because um, I had like an extremely dysfunctional childhood by most people's standards. And I grew up where both of my parents were alcoholics and, um, my dad probably dabbled in every kind of drug you can imagine. And, and so I always had this continuing like crowd of unusual, weird, sometimes downright crazy characters in my life. And, you know, I can remember just like an experience when I was really young where my dad had a girlfriend who was fighting a court case for the custody of her son. And um, the, uh, the the girlfriend had been a heroin addict for, for many, many years. And the guy she dated was also a heroin addict. And so they, they managed to make a baby and not even realize they did it. So seven months pregnant. And somehow, miraculously, this baby who was born in the middle of heroin addiction um, came out perfectly normal. And it's, it's such a blessing. But... Uh, she remember actually telling me, and most people who are that's, in that that's bizarre in and of itself, isn't it? My goodness, that's that is it, it. It sure is. It sure <laughs> is. And I can remember, um, you know, she told me once that she spent a hundred thousand dollars in heroin on like seven months or something like that until oh she just gosh. ran out of money. And 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 you know, it's really sad seeing those addictions. And I remember um, one point they were fighting this custody battle, and and be, because when you're dealing with two people who are like that level of extreme dysfunction you know, both heroin addicts, it's kind of like if you just show up um, and don't do anything stupid, Child Protective Services is going to side with you because they want the kid to be with the parents. Mm -hmm. And I can remember there was a five o'clock exchange and they had some um, a friend over who had been drinking all day and he asked, could I take the car to go up to the bar? So he went and drunk drove to the bar and um, ended up um, getting so drunk at the bar that he passed out in the driver's seat in the parking lot and didn't go anywhere. And so they had somewhere to be at five o'clock and at six o'clock they weren't there and at seven. And eventually they drove, it was about an hour drive, an hour away, everybody in the car, you know, like very drunk and made this exchange. And of course it was like, you know, kind of like Olympic fencing by that point because everybody was fighting. And these kind of things were like really normal in my childhood. I mean, for most people, that would probably be really extreme. And I remember when the the friend finally came home, my dad had a fist fight with him and beat him up on the lawn. And then he just like passed out on the lawn. And so for me, like to to look back at life and to look at all the, the ways I've been able to to be blessed and everything, like when I look back at just all the 
the obstacles I was working against in many ways, like if not for a higher power, I, I legitimately don't think it could be done. Mm, wow. So what drama and trauma there and uh, in your childhood growing up, and yet you somehow have managed to have some success in your life in the corporate world and some things like that. What what got you there? And I, we'll get to your what you're doing now in a minute, but you somehow matriculated out into the corporate world. How did that happen? Yeah, so, you know, I think it was it was really interesting. I, I was in a situation where I'm from. I'm from Winter, Ontario, Canada, and it's about five minutes from Detroit, uh, Michigan. So I, I always say that I grew up close enough to Detroit to hear the gunshots without being hit. And Detroit is like legitimately a pretty rough city. Yes, I know. And yeah. um, and where I'm from, like there's this kind of like unwritten script in the stars that says you're going to go up and work for one of the, the car companies, Ford, General Motors and Chrysler. That's just like all the industry there. Mm -hmm. And so a huge significant portion of all the 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 jobs in that area either work for a car company or work for a company that supplies them. And so there was this kind of like path that was uh, really laid out for me. And I was fortunate where I went to school, got a really good job as a or got a really good degree as an engineer and was able to move up really, really quickly. And then, you know, I was kind of building this life that it wasn't really what I wanted. But what ended up happening is uh, 2008 came around, the economy, all of a sudden these car companies that were these havens of business were laying off tens of thousands of people and it really forced my hand to go in life in a different direction. And so for the last 12 years, how I've been able to live, and obviously it's you know it's been its own journey and growth, but I kind of live the what a lot of like people dream about what they call the lap stop lifestyle where you can you know go around the world because we actually for the last two years i think i've been around the planet twice um we've been to like 30 countries and um you know we've just seen many things and because you know like you know the way we kind of like run our business works on a laptop we're able to kind of work our own hours and our own times and uh, it's just been such a different blessing from the the craziness that i grew up in that's awesome. That's a dream for a lot of folks and, uh, and you're yeah. achieving that. But I'm sure that getting from uh, fist fights on the front lawn with heroin addicts to this laptop <laughs> lifestyle uh, was not just a straight line of, uh, you know, uh, butterflies and wonderfulness. Tell me a little bit about some of the actions that you took. What are some of the things that you did to break some patterns there, uh, Frankie, to uh, get you where you're at now? What are some of the bold things that you did? Yeah, I mean, there. I, I wish you know, there's there's been a, a lot of little things, as you know, uh, Brad. It's like when you when you make something of yourself. A lot of people are looking for that one thing, but it's usually like ten thousand little decisions. But I think there's a lot of really amazing habits that you can develop. That if you're listening to this, that um, and you had mentioned before the show, there was the five D's. Uh, I'm trying to remember. One was depression. One was divorce. One was death. And, and also was, uh, disease and debt. M money yes yeah yeah, yeah. basically i and just i believe most people have to one form or another they have to deal with those things in some form of some form of adverse something in their life that impacts that is to do with at least one or more of those things yeah yeah and, and i would say um you know i'm no exception to that rule i've had to deal with all five of them as well i would say probably in the health one i've been the most fortunate not that i've never had a disease but uh um, you know, I've spent most of my life being healthy, but I can actually remember being really, really depressed for a lot of years. And I think people, a lot of people feel that way where 
it was very interesting to me to have kind of like the success that my parents always dreamed for me at a very young age and to realize not what I wanted to do because, you know, when I was working in this factory, I actually became like a middle manager at the Ford Motor Company. And when I would go into work and I would go to this thousand square foot plant where I'd be surrounded by people that were mostly negative. Like it was just that that particular plant was a really, really negative, hostile, argumentative kind of place. Uh, a lot of just kind of bad attitudes. I breathed in toxic chemicals all day long. It smelled. I was 20 years old. I never saw a pretty girl in any of those factory places. They were, they were a long ways from there. And it was, it was miserable, but I would go home and my parent or, you know, were, they were just so proud of me. Like my mom would be like, wow, you did it. And you got health benefits and you're making like more money than I ever did. Aren't you so proud of yourself? And I think a lot of people experience something similar where you end up being successful, but successful in, in what other people want of you. And then you find that there's a certain emptiness to it where you're like um, kind of miserable. And so I, I experienced this like really, really bad depression. And I and I remember like some days, um, you know, just thinking that, you know, I was going to die and I was just going to be this miserable factory worker. And it just intensified. And I think one of the biggest things that I learned out of it, even though it was a very, very difficult time is most people don't realize it, but you're either kind of like to use a sports metaphor with your life, you're either playing offense or you're playing defense. And in my particular, you know, miserable kind of factory job, I was, um, I was playing defense. I, I let the company tell me what I had to do every day. I let somebody else do all the thinking for me. I didn't really ask a lot of questions about who I was or what I really wanted to do or what kind of difference I made in the world. And I think the, the number one thing you can do to get out of any sort of depression is to, to have that deep kind of self-honesty and reflection and then use that as a, a catalyst in order to like be really real with yourself about what you really want. And the beautiful thing is I find when, you, when you're really honest about what you really want, it also will benefit a lot of other people too. Like it's not just your own selfish dream. It's actually something that really contributes and betters the world. And I find when people are doing things they really love doing and they're helping better people's lives and, you know, they're, they're doing the things that they're naturally good at. It just, it seems to have an effect of, of, of whatever depression is the, the opposite of that, where you feel blessed and inspired and purposeful and amazing comes when, to me, when those three things align, which just to say kind of once more doing what you love, um, doing what you're naturally good at and doing what people really need and, and contributing something to other people's lives. And I find when you do that, it's, it's a very different experience. That's uh, that's awesome. And I love the metaphor you're using there, Frankie, of the uh, offensive defense. It just sounds like you, you were back on your heels playing defense. You're in a in that corporate uh, world in the Ford plant, just kind of uh, getting by, kind of dead inside. And then when you took offense, you took some charge of your life. Uh, that was a part of the process of breaking out of your depression and breaking, getting forward. And yeah. That's great. So that's kind of what you did, sort of a, a part of what you did, uh, that internal, intrinsic part of what went on with you that I just can't uh, keep going this way. And yet, uh, I got the feeling that with you and a lot of folks, that can only last so long. That kind of that that internal uh, unhappiness, that internal "I got to change," this internal uh, willpower can only last so long. And we have to uh, get some strength or some energy for some other resources. 
And I find oftentimes that's some sort of a higher power, some sort of a spiritual journey. And just tell me about that a little bit. Is this any part of your experience, Frankie, some sort of drawing on some sort of higher power or spiritual journey which has helped to uh, embolden you in your transformation? I mean, I would say 100% of it. Um, and I experienced this for me. What started happening in my life was when I started to come out of it, there was um, what some people call synchronicity. And it was it was really weird for me. I can remember I would walk by a clock and there was like at the time and there was a 99% chance it would be like 11-11 or 1-11 or 1-2-3-4 when I would walk by. And this would even happen when, um, you know, like the DVD player resets because the power goes out and it's set to the wrong time for three weeks, but I would still walk by the wrong time at 11-11. And I remember for for months thinking, okay, this somehow my like subconscious knows the time and is just like I'm just doing this to myself. It can't be like all these signs are coming. And then I remember when I first started thinking that I would get like emails from people at 11-11 and I would see these kind of symbols over and over or – I remember one time, and this happened to me numerous times, but I, I would turn on like the local hockey game. Sorry, I'm Canadian. You know, we got to watch some hockey. Uh, of sometimes. course, I get I get <laughs> that. Sure. <laughs> and uh, but I would turn it on, and the game would be tied one one in the first, and it would be on a timeout, and there would be eleven eleven to go in the first period. Hmm. And it, would, it just started weirding me <laughs> that's out. All, that's all. That's awesome. Yeah. That's how it's in that wild yeah. how this kind of thing happens sometimes. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I know. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's just interesting but, how that I've had that kind of thing in my life too, where you just kind of go, "What? You know, what is it? What is yeah. this supposed to mean? What is this situation supposed yeah. to mean?" Especially it keeps happening again and again. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's like I don't know how it was for you, but there was certainly a resistance in me where it was like, "This isn't really happening. Like I'm just doing this," or you know, like I tried to come up with a rational reason for it that kind of explained away. And what ended up happening was like it was just like. You know, this higher power was just beating me over the head with so many signs that I, I reached a critical mass where I'm like, OK, I can't deny it. And I kind of for me, my own journey was a little Alice in Wonderland and, and following those signs. And what you find is, um, you know, th th there's a real challenge in the beginning, I think, in like trusting this higher power that it that it, you know, it's not leading you astray because you don't always for sure know where it's actually leading. Mm -hmm. And uh, um but I think the the decision to do that is actually, even though it's very very scary at first, it's actually the best decision you'll ever make in your life because you know it's a higher power for a reason. It knows you know it knows a lot more about what's going on than we well, do in our. I just believe that's a, that's a resource that's beyond our our own self that is a resource of power that can empower us. And if we we lose our own self sufficiency you know we only have so much energy of our own accord and we can draw on the power of whether it's your prayer life or meditation or reading or reading or being connected in uh, in scriptures or some other sacred writing to fill ourselves with good stuff is uh, such an important uh, thing to do because we just can't do it on our own and, and you have to have that power in your life and that's awesome that's awesome tell me about i want to hear some more now frankie about relationships um about um you mentioned about some kind of toxic relationships that you had growing up with your dad and some pretty unhealthy things and so you experienced some part of relationships that would drain energy or certainly give us some uh, bad baggage to carry with us but i'm a believer that we need positive relationships and some loving relationships to help us go forward and kind of fuel our journey to have 
what I like to call the promised life or a life of peace, prosperity, and uh, and purpose. Tell me about any positive relationships or something that's helped you move through this process of life transformation. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, and I can actually give you examples of both, and I think there's really valuable lessons for anybody listening to to really think about this in your own life. So, I mean, I, I feel like for real, like growing up for me, I got a PhD in what dysfunctional relationships were <laughs> just, you know, every, not, not just myself, but I mean, like, you know, I kind of grew up in a very ghetto-y government subsidized area. Uh, and because of it, pretty much everybody I know had dysfunctional relationships. Like I can remember there was a neighbor kid, his name was Andre. And um, he had a dad who was a trucker from Michigan and his dad would come to visit him on weekends sometimes. And he would always tell him, I'm going to come and this, you know, come visit you Saturday afternoon. And there was probably eight out of 10 times he said that he just never came at all and never called and never gave an explanation. And I would I can I can still have this image of just Andre standing curbside waiting Saturday afternoon for four or five, six, mm. seven, eight hours until he realized, you know, dad's never coming. And uh I myself had that same experience, but I, I never actually felt that bad about it because, uh, I don't know, um, mine wasn't as bad as his, you know, it was like kind of put in perspective. And it, it was just really sad seeing all these people. Um, but one of the beautiful things that really came out of it, it made me today really appreciate how important it is to have loving, supportive families and what kind of difference you know, that makes for somebody in their lives growing up to just have like unconditional love in the home. And, uh, so it was about two years ago, I met the, uh, the woman of my dreams. And beyond that, I think one of the things that I've done very intentionally that this is, I think something anybody listening to this could benefit from just tremendously is to take building loving relationships intentionally. And, and I first met some friends and I had no idea the level that this could be done, but a couple of my very like high end entrepreneur friends, they have everybody who really has made an impact on them that they want to intentionally build a relationship with in a spreadsheet all written down. They can tell you the last time they talked to them, what they talked to them about and when they plan to talk to them next and what they plan to talk to them about mm. next. And when I realized this, this like really just blew my mind. And it was very interesting to me because one of the things that happens out of building a laptop lifestyle, and I think this is probably true of anybody who's really trying to make a dream come true is there's really some lonely moments along the way, like really lonely moments where you're like, I'm the only one doing this. And it was, you know, it's really funny because when you work on a laptop all the time, like people would tell me, you're so lucky you're connected to all these people all the time. And I would say, well, to me, it feels like most of the day I'm sitting alone by myself on a laptop in a room <laughs> with nobody else. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, I don't feel very connected at all. Right. Quite mm -hmm. the opposite. And one of the things that happened is uh, my girlfriend and I actually met in a business coaching group. So we both signed up for this mentorship from a guy who you know, had built the kind of businesses that we want to build. And we met in his private group. And I've met so many amazing individuals in this group that I realized that there's certain communities and they're actually pretty easy to find on the Internet. Like one of the ways that I do this is in Facebook groups. So I have a Facebook groups part of for my health. I have Facebook groups that I'm part of for uh, business things. I have Facebook groups that I'm part of that are just purely based on like spiritual and contribution and good ideas and feeling good and all that kind of beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. And as, as I do this, what I find is there was a time where I used to really hate going on Facebook because, you know, just all these negative posts. And, and in a matter of six months, I turned that into 
uh, literally 100% beautiful, positive inspiration on my Facebook newsfeed all day long, every day. And and not only that, but I have endless communities to connect with people who share like a, a like mind. And maybe you don't necessarily have to do this online if you're in this. There, I'm sure there's communities within you know your own physical space. But I think there's some real magic to intentionally figuring out what kind of people lift you up, fill you up, and um, you know it's it's like for example, I have a friend I just talked to yesterday. He's he's working on becoming a billionaire. He's already made eight hundred million dollars, and his goal is to give it all away to charities before he oh, dies. Oh man, that's awesome. And so if you look at it on the outside with people who don't know him, they're like, well, what, you know, he's greedy, he's selfish. Why, why do you need a billion dollars? Mm-hmm. And you don't really know what he's doing and how selfless it really is. And, uh, you know, when I meet people like that, how can I not be inspired every sure. day to, to, connect, to connect like that? And I think when you, when you have really cool people around you that are doing cool things and less of the, the, the crazy, you know, um, I don't know. I just I yeah. think your life will be, be a lot. Be being intentional about those healthy, life-giving relationships. And I think it's interesting that you're sharing about how you have really made that work in the Facebook groups by being very intentional about it. Because, you know, there's a lot of, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of just toxic kind of stuff on, you know, online as well. And I think we have to be good discerners of how to do that or maybe take some control of how to uh make that work. It also sounds to me, if I'm hearing you right here, Frankie, it's not just been, you know, like uh, online or a Facebook post in a group or something. It's not like you picked up the phone and talked to people and maybe you've had some personal encounters with some folks as well. Is that fair to say that you've got a little more personal yeah. as well? Of course. And I have like one of the things that we do that's very intentional, like just to give you an example is like, that's very in person and anybody can do this. And I, I would highly recommend it is, you know, my girlfriend and I, we sit around and we say, what are the conferences in the country right now that have the most amazing people mm-hmm. and when are they and how can we go? Yeah. So when you go to these and, conferences, it's not just for whatever the content is, it's for the networking, but also the, the, uh, the encouragement, the relationship building. Yeah, absolutely. And I find, uh, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody who does something really successfully is, is quote unquote, a self-made man. I think it, behind every self-made man is a lot of help. Yeah, and absolutely. so I don't think you can ever have too much help and support in that, that journey. But one, one of the things you've said in this process here, Frankie, is this, the fuel of these loving relationships have come because you've been very intentional about nurturing them and you've had a bigger vision about how you want to have some accomplishment in your life and have a sense of inner peace and, and so on and so forth. And, that doesn't happen without that intentional action piece that you've been, we've been kind of skirting around here. And if you will, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about some of these intentions that you do or some of the self-disciplines or some of the habits that you have that help you to, uh, you know, break through, you know, those power, those patterns you mentioned at the beginning about growing up and so on, those are powerful, powerful things. And to break out of that kind of thing means that you've got to be, you know, have not only have the, the loving relationships and drawing a higher power, but you got to have some systems down. And it sounds like that you do. So tell me a little bit about systems or habits or disciplines that you have in your life that help you to succeed. Yeah. And I can tell you, Brad, so I'm kind of like, I'll give you some ones that have worked really well for me. And then I'll give you some ones that anybody can do because I'm kind of a, an extreme kind of growth person. So like I'm always, 
I wouldn't recommend most people try what I'm doing all at once is what is what I'm saying. Um, one of the things that I do every single day as a habit is to um, to really just take a moment to meditate and slow down and reconnect with what my purpose is, um, what I'm intending to do. And I think it's really, really similar to what you're doing is I, you know, in my own way, I'm working to make people feel more love and have a better feeling and enjoy their life more and have it be more fulfilled in so many different ways. And I think just taking 10 minutes to really think about why you're here, you know, because I, I read this story once about J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. And she, uh, I guess she was on a train, so the story goes, and she got inspired to write seven Harry Potter books, and she took dictation, like, from this, like, kind of voice in her head and wrote them out in, like, seven minutes and then went home and got to work on, on writing them. And I think sometimes that happens where, you know, every now and then somebody has the immediate aha download, but I think for most of us, it's done intentionally just like any other practice in the same way you learn how to drive a car. You just, the first time you have to think about it a lot, but then you just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And eventually you can drive 20 minutes to work without even having thought about it once about how you got there. Right. And so I, th I think that's one of the things that has really worked for me well is, is doing that. I also, when I met uh, my billionaire friend, that well, I before met, you go too far, right, a, before you go to the next thing here, uh, Frank, I was curious, do you actually have a statement? You have your own, own purpose statement or a thing that you say or do, or, uh, you know, something like that. You know, you mentioned you, you try to connect with purpose. Some folks, you know, actually have a phrase that they use. I just wonder if you have anything along that yes. line. Yeah. And actually it was really interesting because one of my businesses over the last couple of years, I got to work with the top lawyers in America and uh, I realized when I would meet a really good law firm, they could articulate what they were doing and why they were doing it. And the small firms often – they had a, an idea, but it was only in the owner's head. And one of the really smart lawyers I met said, until you write out with your missions and purposes, nobody else can help you with it because you can't tell them what it is. So when you feel inspired, write it down and then repeat it over and over and over and practice with it. So I'll read you mine right now. Awesome. I believe we're here. I believe we're here on this planet to raise consciousness, to see people go aha, aha, rather. Feel that divine spark come back on to walk this earth with new inspired ideas, feelings, and beliefs. We share this gift of loving consciousness to give freely to souls in need. Without our help, people settle for lesser lives of fear, trauma, anxiety, and negativity. It ripples into the experience of everyone they touch. We remember when we felt that same suffering and we really feel empathy. We give people real, lasting, profound change, a quantum leap forward, a purposeful existence with freedom, harmony, health, contribution, and wholeness. We have fun and laugh. Life is to be enjoyed. People thank us in fun, unusual, and amazing ways, and our work is for the betterment of all. We deserve the best life possible. Abundance is our birthright, and we support our families like bosses, and we believe everybody in the world deserves the, left, the best life possible. It's time to inspire a million human beings. Who is the next one now? Mm. That's awesome because I, I do something similar. It's not quite a lengthy. That I just boil it down to uh, several A statements. I try to abide yeah. with abide with God, to affirm other people, to live uh, abundantly, and to be alert in my life and to take action. So I just kind of have my five. I call it my five five A's. So uh, I kind of do that kind of thing. So yeah. awesome, man! Sure. I didn't mean to interrupt you too much, but I just I like to hear those type of things from people when they have that kind of a statement or that kind of a phraseology. But you had a couple other things in mind there that you said that you do in some self disciplines. Yeah. So one of those is also writing goals. 
um, I when I met my billionaire friend, he's I asked him like, hey, what's the number one thing that's working for you to do this? And he says, I decide what I want. I write it down. And then every day I write it out five times and I do it every single day like clockwork. Um, um, we also my girlfriend and I, we just built a vision board last night. And we, this is something we update every couple of months where we sit and figure out all the different ways we want to do things, have experiences, help people and so forth. Um, I also read a lot. I think you can never read too much. It's, it's interesting to me, and this is not a judgment against anybody walking their path, but I know that when I meet really like high performing people, they read a lot of books. And when I meet kind of low performing people, they usually watch a lot of TV. And so I find if you want to, if you want to become one of the, the, um, great thinkers and something that's worked really well for me is when I meet somebody who is inspiring to me in some way in life. I always ask them, like, what are the books that most influenced you? And it allows me to know what the best books are without having to, like, do a bunch of research and spend time on Amazon. So I'll mm -hmm. meet somebody who's, you know, I admire in one area of their life and they'll say, oh, this book changed my life. That's awesome. And then 10 bucks, 10 bucks later on Amazon. <laughs> I also. Um, yeah. Well, before um, you get too far, to before it. you get too far away from that one, let me ask you what. Uh, what are? Let me ask you about a couple books or a book or two, especially in recent uh, months that you've read that have been influential on you. Um, wow, that is, uh, you know, I, I never want to say there's just one. <clears throat> well, it had to be just one, but any book or just I, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot too much there, but since you met, you mentioned it, I thought I would just ask you. Yeah, and okay, I, I think these are the ones that um, – one of the ones that I really recommend is by Joseph Murphy. It's a long book, but it's very, very useful. So it's, it's 100 year old, and I I tend to like those um, those books that have kind of the timeless wisdom in them. You know, like mm -hmm. when you think about the Bible, it's like it's still relevant, sure. you know, 2,000 years later. And um, – so one of those is called The Miracle Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. And he really goes to show that if you really want like a certain kind of life, you know, it's it's kind of teaching about like repetitive prayer in a way where rather than like begging God to um, do something for you in your life is to to practice giving thanks that he already has and that what you're asking for, you know, believe you have received and you will. Um I sure, I'm sure I just butchered that passage. Oh, that's, but, you know, that's all right. I, just, I know I put you on the spot there a little bit, but I just think it's. I think yeah. what you said is so valuable to con, you know consume good stuff, whether it's reading or yeah. conferences. You mentioned about going to conferences and relationships. Uh, you know, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, this type of thing uh, as well. Uh, some good stuff out there or uh, audio tape series from some people and this type of thing. But, uh, yeah. and I just think it's good to keep filling yourself up with good stuff in order for you to also be to contribute to the greater good yourself. Absolutely. So, so, uh, for, so for me, you know, I've, I've got kind of my historical books that I have, you know, the Bible included in that. And I, the purpose driven life by Rick Warren's one night, been around about 20 years that I use. And it just, just last week I read Hal Elrod's uh, book about the miracle equation, which was helpful to me. And, you know, some things like that I want to uh, as well. But so, but go on, my friend, just uh, you had at least one more thing I think you wanted to share about some discipline or habits that you had. Yeah. And it was like, I guess the, the reason why I recommended that book, because it made me realize 
Um, the way a lot of people approach things is is not, in my experience, how they actually work. And what I mean by that is they'll want a certain thing to happen in their life. And most people um, kind of pray in ways that lead to disappointment, I think. Mm, yes. And the book kind of the book kind of like talks about how to pray and it, it breaks it down in like the best way I can kind of summarize it is, you know, the way you learned how to ride a, or drive a car the first time you had to really think about every little movement and it didn't come naturally. And like I said, then, you know, after a couple of months you can drive to work without thinking about it. And he's like, that's how everything works. That's how you learn anything. But for some reason people think a prayer is, um, one time beg God for something and then he's either going to check yes or check no. And it's about creating that kind of prayer where, you know, you've received it and giving thanks for it over and over and repeating it until, um, just like anything else that you learn to receive it properly. And then it shows up for you. And I, I really think there's some real wisdom in that because that kind of repetitious prayer, I really feel like can fix almost any problem anybody has in any situation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now you've taken all this information, this life experience that you've had, Frankie, and everything else like that, and now you're doing some things to contribute to the greater good, the well-being of others through some of the things you've written and resources you had. I know you lead some retreats and this type of thing. Tell me a little bit about what you do to contribute uh, to others. What are some of the things that you're working on? Um, well, I think the the biggest thing is, you know, I realize when you go through like kind of like a, a really difficult life, um, at least, you know, in the childhood is that you can look back and you can see people who were exactly where you were seven years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And, you know, not, none of us have it all figured out, but I look like I see it like you can always do something for somebody who's behind you. And it's, it's really interesting because even when people think they really have it bad, I heard this quote one time that summarizes it beautifully that says, if everybody in the world had to put their problem in one big pile and then you had to take one back out, most people would be pretty content to take their own out. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, like sometimes when life is really, really hard, you forget, like I have a friend who's a motivational speaker, does TED Talks, also a client actually, uh, amazing woman. And she grew up in Bosnia and she, there was a mortar shell that went off and she had her legs blown off and watched a number of her friends die. Mm, oh and gosh. so she was she was like six years old, flown to America. She has no legs. She has like, you know, two metal prosthetic things. And, um, you know, obviously went through a pretty traumatic experience, but like she's learned to kind of like transmute it in a in a really beautiful, amazing way. And I think you know, that's, that's really available to any of us. Mm -hmm. And when you really tap into that, I I don't know. So how we're kind of doing that for people is what I realized is, you know, through my corporate background, I became really good at building businesses that I hate. Mm -hmm. And it showed me the biggest reason I ended up hating my businesses was because they weren't really about anything other than making money. And so you would make all this money, but somehow it would be really empty inside. And nobody, nobody really uh, like talks about that in our society, but it's a real thing that I think a lot of people do in business. You know, they, they want this better life. And when I realized this, I realized there was a lot of people in similar situations that are really smart people. They read a lot. They have gifts. And they want to help people, but they don't always know how to do that. And so I hear things from people like, I haven't figured out what my one true passion is. I don't know what the one thing I'm supposed to do is. 
or I don't know what the purpose of my life is. I can't figure out. I, I feel lost. Um, and when I hear these kind of things, I, I realize they're really fixable. And I kind of, through my own journey, realized that discovering your purpose can be done like J.K. Rowling does it, where you have this sudden aha and the light comes on. But for most of the rest of us, it's done by a very formulaic process of just asking yourself questions that um, um, show you what you want. So like one of the things, um, and it's not the only thing, I think a lot of people get caught up in this, but one of the things you can do, for example, is to look at what you really love doing. And some people have a hard time answering that. So we usually break it down to something simpler uh, to give you an example and say, well, what have I really enjoyed spending my time on over the last, you know, X number of months? And when you look at the things like these things are actually fun for me to do. I enjoyed them. They filled me up. Um, it starts to show you ways in which you can contribute to other people. And, you know, another one of those things, like I said, is um, helping people to see the things that they're actually good at. And a lot of people I think that are really smart, especially like, you know, obviously, Brad, you're no, you know, you're a doctor, is that – one of the things that's challenging about being an intellectual is you think too much all the time. And so it's sometimes you can like get caught in like a lot of self-doubt, especially when you're too smart for your own good. Um, I don't think dumb people face this. I'm not sure, but who knows? That's <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting and I think uh, cogent uh, insight there, my friend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, like the really smart intellectual people, they they look at something they're good at and then they see immediately somebody who's better. So, like, you know, I have a friend who's uh, like I mentioned, a motivational speaker and they say, well, I'm not Tony Robbins. And, well, you know, you, you don't have to be Tony Robbins to contribute something to somebody's life. Yeah, right. Of course. Of course. And and um, and then the other piece I mentioned is is and I think this is a, a big piece that most people miss is. Most people would love to be able to work on what they really love doing and, and be paid a great salary for it and have a really cool life. But the one piece they forget to look at is what is what do people actually need? What what is needed in the world right now? And it takes there's no like real secret, but there's a process that I call just deep listening. And one of the things the internet has made it really beautiful to do is there's people all over the internet having conversations where if you want to and you want to really see where people are at, you can walk into one of these anonymous conversations in a forum or a group and just listen and see what like, people are stuck on, where they are and what they really need and what the challenges that come up. And when you mm -hmm. combine those three things of doing what you love and what you're good at and um, and then also doing what the world needs, there's this really magical thing that happens for you that suddenly each day becomes worth waking up to. And I see a lot of people – this is such a weird thing for me because people tell me all the time how they dread Monday and really look forward to Friday. And for me, I haven't had this experience for 10 years because, you know, I've always kind of done what I want. And, you know, if we want to take That's a road awesome. trip on a Tuesday, we, we do. But the beautiful thing is, um, is it means Monday morning is something to look forward to. And I think that's the real test is when Monday morning strikes, are you thinking, oh, God, not another week? Or are you thinking, oh, God, thank you for this week? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think uh, you really touched on something very important there is just this sense of meaninglessness, which is in our world in so many places and so many ways. And how what you've mentioned, how you've been intentional about reaching out to people and finding these various forums online and otherwise where like-minded people are doing the deep listening and the, making a greater contribution. And that's some of the things that you're doing. So you're doing it through retreats and other things like that, through sacred plantretreats.com and some of your writing and resourcing and 
And if, when, if people want to know more about what you're about and do some deep listening with you or to somehow make a connection with you, how can they, how can they learn more about what you're about and what you're doing these days, Frankie? Well, you kind of hit it on there. So we have a, a free training right now. And I kind of built this free training because I wanted to help anybody who is not sure what they want to do in their life. Somebody who's like smart and is just simply not sure how your unique gifts and combinations fit into the world. And so the free training, which is, again, on, you mentioned, sacredplantretreats.com, walks you through the systematic process for finding your why. Because like I, I mentioned, um, there are ways to discover it intentionally. And I really feel like purpose is like anything else. It's created intentionally. It's not something you just magically sit down and go, aha, and discover and find. It's not going to be on the writing on the wall. You have to like do some real deep thinking and self-honesty about what's important to you and the people around you and, and what life experiences you have are really valuable to others. But once you go through that, once you're really clear about who you are, it, it becomes really, really easy. And uh, to give you like an analogy of how powerful that clarity is, is I hear people say like, I really just need to get away. And then you say, where? And they say, I don't know, somewhere, maybe mm -hmm. a beach. <laughs> and you go, well, that's really hard to do. But that's very, if somebody has the clarity to say, I really want to go to – well, this actually really happened in my experience. My girlfriend said to me, I've always wanted to visit the big island. I would love to see the ocean wake up. And so I made a bunch of business things and I remember – I don't know. It was a couple of months later and we were sitting on the big island of Hawaii and she started crying her eyes out because she woke up and the first thing she saw was was the ocean. And we had been there like very, very intentionally, right? Mm. And, but, it, but until she had said to me, I want to wake up on the ocean in the big island of Hawaii and like stay there for like a month, you know, it's very, very hard to, to actually fulfill that. And so when you have the clarity, the deep clarity to know what you would, would actually be meaningful to you, you can, you can take real steps to do it. And then what you'll find is um, you can actually live it. And that's the real magic of it is not just figuring out what your purpose is, but to actually wake up and experience it and see people thank you every day and, and make a difference in the world. So exactly. if that sounds like something that you dig, then you probably should check us out. Yeah, which sounds awesome. And it's that process. It sounds like a this process of helping you dig a little deeper and find your clarity and your purpose in your life. And certainly that's what we're about here on the Pathway to Promise is we call it the promise life. That is that visualization of what uh, a greater purpose for yourself, a sense of what we believe that uh, God has a greater intention for all of us than we probably have for ourselves. And and you have given us some things to think about and to deal with in the process here, Frankie, and some tools to do it with. And I thank you today for uh, for being a great guest here on the Pathway to Promise podcast. What a great, uh, what a great in-depth conversation Frankie and I had uh, today, and I think that you got a lot out of it. Really, a really interesting person, lots to offer, lots of insights into going deep, what he called deep listening. So important that we do that. And that means we have to take a bit of a risk to go a little deeper in our own emotions, in our own subconscious uh, life. And so I would just encourage you to listen to some of the three or four things that he said there that really may be helpful to you here today. One of them is to have a a you know, really defined uh, mission or purpose statement. And he gave a rather lengthy uh, purpose statement. We're going to put that in our show notes. And I want you to look at that purpose statement and that uh, mission statement that he has laid out and to help that, use that to create your own purpose and mission statement and then use that moving forward to help that be the ground, the grounding or the, 
the the uh, the foundation of everything that you do to go deeper. He also talked about a process of writing down five goals uh, every day and repeating that as a process like clockwork to help you to reach and achieve your goals and to help your goals to be part of your consciousness and your subconsciousness. And he also talked about uh, bringing good stuff into your life, such as reading great books over watching TV and how low-performing people don't read a lot of books. Uh, They are kind of consumed by watching TV and things like that and read books and other things that can inspire you. He particularly mentioned a book by Joseph Murphy, The Miracle Power of Your Subconscious Mind. I commend those things to you as well. Be a good reader, be a good listener, be a deep listener to good things in your life, and you will have a sense of purpose, purposefulness in your life. That's why we're here at the Pathway to Promise to help you, give you tools and a guide to help you have meaningfulness in your life over meaninglessness. And that's my purpose in life. I, I have a, a degree in life transformation, transformational leadership, and like to bring to you great resources such as Frankie Finn, in order to help you to move through any adversity you have in your life to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can always go to our website, pathwaypromise.com, see back, uh, listen to back episodes of the podcast, other resources there for you as well, including our resource, our free four-minute guide for, a, for daily successful living. Hope that you go there and pick that up. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be with you today. And we look forward to being in contact with you next time on the Pathway to Promise podcast. So until next time, remember to keep your promises because there's power in a promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.